Hello and welcome to another special edition of Count Conversations. Joining me today is a very special guest, Kelly from Broad Street Hockey. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Robin. I'm excited about this crossover episode. <laughs> yeah, so things are going to be a little different today, dear listeners. Uh, this is a crossover episode where Kelly and I basically kind of, well, not interview, but we are just two people doing pregames for each other. Yes. I'll do your pregame. You do my pregame. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to work perfectly, I think. <laughs> two birds with one stone. I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Flyers. They are, I don't even know what their record is, but for the longest time, I've just known them as Kings East because there was so much crossover between the actual Kings and the Flyers. It was like, yeah, Flyers, and then they swapped management. Well, not swapped management, but LA's management went to Philly. It was a long time that we, I mean, (laughs) we used to call the Kings Flyers West. So yeah, it was a thing there for a while. And then everybody went away. <laughs> well, Dean Lombardi is still part of the Flyers, isn't he? I like to pretend that he's not. <laughs> but technically, I believe he is still employed by the team. Yeah. Just waiting on him to plant drugs on somebody. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mike Richards' career. Still salty about it. I loved Mike Richards with my life. Me too. My- I loved oh. him. God. I, I kind of sometimes stalk him on Instagram, um, you know, totally well, normal, right? I mean, <laughs> every, time, <laughs> every time I see pictures of him, I'm like, oh, he looks so happy with his girl, with his girlfriend and, you know, building her a uh, stable or something. Yeah, or- like, you know, he's out there fishing, building things, like living his best life. It's good for him. Making millions of dollars to not play hockey, but I'm so mad about how the Kings and especially Dean Lombardi yes. treated him. It was just like, oh, no. It was disgusting. Yeah, I did not care for it at all. Uh, well, shout out to Mike Richards, even though he's probably not yeah. listening. He might listen. <laughs> he definitely <laughs> doesn't. But it's theoretically he could. So <laughs> He could. Maybe one of his friends listens to our podcast yeah. and is like, hey, they, they were talking about you, bro. Yeah, Jeff Carter definitely listens, so he can tell him. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Mike and Jeff. Oh, oh man. I think that used to be. <laughs> oh, sadly, the world moves on. Yeah. Uh, so the Flyers. <laughs> the Flyers are actually good. They're 22-12-5. Uh, I just looked it up. Not bad. First wild card. Yeah. How are they doing in the Metro? So the Metro is, um, as usual, just a ridiculous (laughs) cluster. Um, It seems like I was talking about it today with somebody. It seems like every game in the Metro is a three-point game. So like everything is just jumbly and weird and bad. They're fourth in the Metro right now, 10 points behind Washington, um, but like two points behind the Islanders, three points behind Pittsburgh. Like it's pretty jumbled up in there. So. Yeah, should be. It's, I think it's going to be an interesting race. I think that they're going to make the playoffs for sure. I'm pretty confident at this point they're going to make the playoffs, but it's going to be interesting to see where they end up because I think it could be anywhere from two to the second wild card spot. None of it would surprise me. 
the the East right now, they in the last I don't know four years, it would they went from like the East the the East went from being super insanely like untalented to super insanely talented. I don't know what happened, what shifted in the last four years, but now the West is like so well. Okay, the, the half of the West sucks, and then half of the <laughs> yeah. West is like insane like the, the central division is still you just look at it and you go what the actual f right yeah that's really good i mean it there was kind of like a flip because there was a long time um when like the blackhawks and the kings were winning their cups that the western conference was just really definitively the better conference in the league and sometime over the last like seven or eight years, it has kind of flipped around to the East, which is fun for me <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, it's nice to see the Eastern Conference teams win some stuff from time to time. But yeah, it's like a weird, it was a weird, I mean, I guess that's how it's going to work anyway, since teams are so like cyclical with their success. At some point it was going to flip, but it's, it is interesting. It's, it's surprising to me how many teams in the West are actively bad this season. <laughs> uh, the All-Star Game announcement came out today, it Monday, did. Wait, today's Monday, right? It is. It's. I've <laughs> lost like since Christmas. I have completely lost track of what day it is. I know, so, right? Monday, uh, but definitely Monday today. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I went. I went back to work today. Sad for me. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> um, Travis Konechny. He made yeah. the roster. Just like deservedly so. He's having a ridiculously outstanding year. That I certainly did not expect. I mean, I expected him to be good, but he's the leading scorer on the team. Did not expect that. Um, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him kind of grow into a really impact player in the, in the league. So it's super fun. I'm glad he's going to be going. I just hope they put a mic on him. He <laughs> needs he to be mic'd up. Well, he's a hockey player. Of course he swears a lot. What am I saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you saw. I mean, I don't I mean, I don't know why you would have because like I probably wouldn't watch a special like behind the scenes kings sharks like winter classic thing but last year for the stadium series there was kind of like a behind the scenes thing and uh they had connect me mic'd up for the game and he really delivered on the chirps like really really <laughs> really good chirps if you have some time to look them up if you haven't seen them they're fantastic and if he were mic'd up for the all-star game it would be enjoyable for everybody i do a few years ago Many years ago, I think this was like in 2014 or 15, they had Carrie Price mic'd up and mm. it was just, I couldn't stop laughing. He was so funny. It Some of them are, I mean, you don't think so, but some of them are quite funny when they are kind of just letting loose, which is fun. You know who, you know who isn't funny? Drew Doughty. He is. Ooh, no. <laughs> God, what is I mean, up with that guy? <laughs> I, I I do love Drew, but he's not he's not very he's not the brightest bulb out there. <laughs> yeah, he seems a bit humorless too, which doesn't seem like a fun way to live. But you know, he's very competitive. So yeah, when, like when things are like going, he just like kind of gets into this like intensity mm -hmm. and kind of takes things too seriously sometimes. And then he just laughs at, like, the dumbest things. Yeah, yeah. If you have time, you have to see Drawing with Drew. I recommend this to everybody. Drawing this with Drew, okay. This hockey players are not smart people. <laughs> <laughs> I hope 
none of us are laboring under the misapprehension that hockey players are smart people. <laughs> to be fair, some of them are actually like secretly brilliant. That's like, that's true. There are a few of them. Like Andrew Ferenc, secretly brilliant. Um, Patrick Sharp, secretly brilliant. The stars, not, I mean, like the big, big name stars, not the Dallas stars in general, but the big name stars, you know, not brilliant. <laughs> no, they're not. I mean, I always, I always kind of assume it's not really their fault because they're kind of like essentially taken out of school when they're like 14 and they never have to learn anything again. So it's kind of not their fault that they're idiots, but they are pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, they kind of, if you're wondering why they have the emotional equivalent of a 14-year-old, well, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they pretty much stop right there. <laughs> um, But back to Travis Konechny, now that I totally steered us away from him, what is he like on the ice? So the thing that's fun about Konechny is that... He's like the perfect comp- – he – I hate I hate to say this. This, like, actually pains me. But he's kind of like a less awful version of Brad Marchand in that he is a real pain in the ass to play against um, because he's, like, a pest and he's mouthy and he's all over the ice. Um, but then also he's got just, like, ridiculously silky mitts and he's, like – always where he needs to be and he's a great shooter and it's just been like we've we saw flashes of this I think we talked a lot on Broad Street Hockey about how we weren't sure heading into this season if Travis Konechny was just the kind of player that can complete a line that's already good and just kind of play up to like for example you know Sean Couturier and Claude Drew he was on that line for a while and he played well on it but then when he was kind of given his own line on the, over the last couple of seasons, uh, they never really did anything. So we were like, okay, is Travis Konechny just like a complimentary piece that kind of fills out an already good line? Or is he a guy that can, you know, make the action himself and kind of drive a line? And I'm not entirely sure that he is the guy that can drive a line, but he's definitely shown that he's more than just a supplement to other good players. Like he is actually talented. And I think that, his presence on the Flyers' top line is something that I think has really contributed to the fact that they are, him specifically, are is just like piling on the points this season. It's really great. Well, fun team to watch. What's that like? Huh. You know, it's been a while. It's been a while for us, so I'm kind of just like reveling in it for a little while because it's been a long time since it's been fun to be a Flyers fan so it's it's nice yeah I don't blame you um okay Jordan Wheel I know it's been a while but what happened what happened with my tiny son which tiny son Jordan Wheel he was oh, on the Flyers for like Jordan. a hot minute he was he I always liked him as a fourth liner but he just never really found a place here which was a bummer because I feel like he really had a lot of potential um it would have been nice for him to work here but at the same time like he was one of those roster players that was going to always block one of the kids that we wanted to see come up um so I'm kind of okay with the fact that he's no longer on the team if he were on our fourth line still I wouldn't hate it but 
you know, we needed to clear out a lot of that bottom six in order to make room for some of these kids to come up. So unfortunately, he was one of the casualties there. Yeah, makes sense. He never really seemed to be able to find no place on any NHL roster in the fourth on, on the bottom six, really. I mean, he he was kind of a a little bit too good for most bottom sixes, but not quite good enough for the top six. But he was at the age, unfortunately, where he just kind of got passed over. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which kind of sucks. And I feel a little bit bad because the Kings kind of yanked him. Well, I feel they kind of yanked him around a little bit. And then he had his one shot and then he pissed off Daryl Sutter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Literally, the Kings were eliminated. It was game 82. There was no stake in this game except pride. And he's like, I got to scratch you for Jared Stoll. I was like, why? Uh, <laughs> NHL coaches, man. Uh, yeah. Well, Daryl Sutter apparently has his own demons or is a demon or something. I don't. I mean, because Carcillo accused him of being abusive, which I get. Yeah. And I, I implicitly trust Dan Carcillo. So... He probably is an asshole, but I have a feeling yeah. that there's unfortunately no shortage of that kind of guy in the yeah, NHL. Yeah, I mean, just gotta. Well, weirdly, I mean, most people seem to respect John Tortorella, even though he's kind of a giant a hole. But he's upfront about his a holeness. Not sure. See, I think I think you can you can be a jerk and not be abusive, and I think that a lot of them cross over into that abusive line because they think that the more of a hard ass you are the better you're going to be at coaching or whatever I don't know it seems pretty dumb to me but it seems like there is kind of like a line like you can be a dick but not you know crush someone's soul and apparently a lot of them cross over into that which is not good yeah I absolutely believe that I don't know something about toxic men or something male toxicity I I don't know. I was going somewhere with that, and I yeah. can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get back to the Flyers, shall we? Yes. Um, Andy Andreoff, wasn't he just waived? He was uh, sent back down, yes, um, because Michael Roffel came back. Um, so, actually, was – actually, I, uh, no, uh, nope, Morgan Frost got sent down. They kept Andreoff oh. up, I believe. Um, Any chance he'll play? Sorry? Any chance he'll play against his former team? I don't think so. I would be surprised. I mean, I guess there's a, a small chance in that um, Mikhail Vorobiev, who is also up from the Phantoms, his last few games have not been great. Um, as far as any of us watching can see, I'm not sure what the coaching staff thinks, but he's been very good. So there is a possibility that they could rotate out Vorobiev and put Andy back in. Um, but, I, I mean, I would be surprised since they won the last game. You know how they are. They usually don't want to switch anything once they win a game. But we'll see. It's it's definitely a possibility, but I would be surprised if it happened. Has he played a lot this year for the Flyers? Uh, not a ton. He has played 12 games. For the Flyers so far, um, all injury call-ups. He was not bad. Um, 
I actually liked him quite a bit on our fourth line. Um, but I don't think he's going to stick permanently. I think he's going to be an up and down guy, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. I just realized that Elaine Vigneault is the Flyers head coach. That is true. That is a wild factoid to me. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens when you only play a team twice a year. This is the kind of stuff that happens. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Who's the coach? Because I thought he got fired, but I couldn't remember. And then I looked it up and it was Elaine Vigneault. And I'm like, holy crap. To be fair, I did forget that. Todd McClellan was your coach. (laughs) And I reminded myself about half an hour ago. I was like, oh, yeah, that's happening. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I forget, too. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, yeah, Todd McClellan is coaching the Kings now. (laughs) He is. Yeah. Uh, It's a wild time to be a hockey fan. So can I I ask you a bit about the Kings? Some things that I'm wondering about. So one of the things that I noticed... Um, kind of because, again, as someone in the Eastern Conference who kind of just glances from time to time at the standings in the West and never really pays attention to anything else, the Kings are all the way down there at the bottom. Not yeah. great, right? Not great. But um, if you look at their fancy stats, they're pretty good, but they can't seem to finish. And Jonathan Quick kind of actively sucks at this point (laughs) so I mean I guess kind of like generally I'm wondering like what's go I always wonder what's going on with a team when the underlying numbers are pretty good but the results are just so bad like in your in your mind is this bad coaching is it just players not executing is it bad line combos like what's going on with the Kings okay believe it or not actually the coaching uh, the fancy stats are the result of this coaching. Okay. And that's partly because uh, just the last two and a half years uh, that they had their coaches, um, their coaches kind of were not very good. Like, I loved John Stevens. Um, mm-hmm. He was a great coach. Yeah, well, he's a great defensive coach. One of the most brilliant defensive minds in the NHL, he can make pretty much anybody into an adequate defenseman. Yeah. Uh, I present to you Robin Regeer. <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> the thing is, Willie Desjardins was 100% brought in to help this team tank and get mm. a top five draft pick. Okay. I don't care what anybody says. He was brought in to help the team tank. And he did. John Stevens didn't really have a system. He didn't kind of know what he was doing system-wise. And then when it came to Willie, everybody just stopped listening and they were just like, screw you, F off, don't care, nothing's happening. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) um, Yeah, I mean, so Todd McClellan has basically taken this roster and made them more aggressive. But they even under Sutter, they had pretty decent underlying numbers. Yeah, it's weird that they're so bad. I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, tanking, if you're a team like the Kings who is at the point at which you're going to have to start turning over um, 
since most of the top guys on this team are pretty old. <laughs> you know, tanking's not a terrible strategy. If you know you're not going to win, you know, you might as well go for that lottery pick and see what happens. But, yeah, I, I don't know that I expected the Kings to be this bad heading into the season. I did, did you guys – did you expect <laughs> it? Okay. I mean, that's fair. You well, know them better than me, so. <laughs> well, I – well, okay. I expected them – to be bad maybe not quite this frustrating mm, they're okay. in every game they keep the score generally pretty close outside of the beginning of the year most of their games have been won or lost by a goal and or an empty net so basically one to two goals so they're in every game i just didn't expect them to you know, be the nice guys, tries hard, can't get results. Team. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I've seen this before. Stop it. <laughs> oh, man. That's never but, fun. Yeah. Well, because Rob Blake, their general manager, mm-hmm. after Lombardi was fired mercifully. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, he basically came out and said last year, look, the team, the, the goal for the next two years is to get top five picks and then make the playoffs in 2021. I was like, well, looking at this roster, I wish you all the best of luck. (laughs) Right. But so speaking of the roster, another thing that I was kind of wondering about, um, since this is a team that we don't see very often, is there kind of like an under the radar, like sneaky good player that we should be keeping an eye on in this game? So funny story, Um, usually they have at the end of the year, you know, teams hand out awards and everything, and they have an unsung hero award. Uh, The last five years, it has been Trevor Lewis. So we call this the Trevor Lewis Award. (laughs) (laughs) Are Trevor Lewis right now? That's a really good question. I mean, it's not Trevor Lewis. Trevor Lewis was injured. But, hmm. I... I don't know. I'm I'm gonna pick. It kind of changes okay. every few games, but right now I'm gonna go with Nikolai Prokorkin. He was a draft pick from like I think 2011 or something. Um, they signed him to a one-year contract, low risk, high reward. So they basically took a chance on him, and they're like, "All right, let's see what you can do," and it took a little while for him to kind of really find his groove. But the last few games, he really seems to be starting to make a difference on the team. He's finding his line mates. He's creating chances. He's using his abilities to be strong on the puck. And I know that sounds cliche, but he's, he's actually hard to knock off the puck, which is surprising. Okay. Good to know. And if there's something – so, okay, so so the Kings are bad. Okay, fine. Um, but they don't lose every hockey game, right? Right. So there's something about their game that they can still execute well, you know, from time to time. So if, if, if you were to, like, identify one thing, like a line or a special team or, or something that you think could be the thing that kills the Flyers in this game, what would you say it is? I will tell you right now, their special teams are really bad. So, well, I shouldn't say really bad. It's mostly their power play that's very Uh. disheartening. Um, 
their their power play runs either hot or cold. When it's you know hot, then it's great. It looks great, crisp passing, really dangerous, creating lots of chances, getting the team momentum. And when it's off, it's just very stale. Um, mm. But as far as what works, everybody on the team is trying. If that makes sense. Yeah. So last last year we went from everybody kind of wanting to do their own thing. Everybody's just playing their own way to this year. It's like, okay, I'm actually going to try hard. Makes a big difference, right? It surprisingly does. Yeah. I mean, we kind of saw it with the flyers. The flyers were all dead inside uh, the last couple of seasons. And it just seems like just them looking like they're having fun playing hockey again kind of has made a huge difference. Same players, right? Same talent level, but they just don't want to die every time they go to work anymore. <laughs> so now it's like, oh, okay, cool. Now they can actually go out and, you know, do all that cheesy shit, like give 110% and get pucks deep <laughs> and get into the corners, all that stuff. Like they're actually doing it. It makes, it's one of those things that like, it seems so obvious to say like, oh, everyone's trying. But like, honestly, you know, when everyone's trying, you can really tell it makes a big difference. It, it really does. I mean, that was one thing also that we saw with the coaching change from Sutter to Stevens. And uh, in the first few months, it was like, holy crap, we're free. We live again. <laughs> <laughs> we have broken from our shackles. <laughs> um, and I, I credited their hot start initially. I was like, I think it's just because they're having fun. They, yeah. they They're enjoying life again. It's a thing. It really is. You can see it, I think, in the way that they play. You can tell that they're no longer hating it anymore. And it's, you know, they're playing a game. If they're not having fun, it's probably not going to go well. Exactly. I mean, they, they understand that, yes, this is their career and they're getting paid to do a job. But at the same time, they have to have fun at Kevin Kerr's. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the if you don't know for flyers fans who probably miss this um kevin kurz is the athletics beat writer for san jose and they just lost to the king on the 27th or the friday after uh the christmas break mm -hmm. and 10 minutes after the game ended eric carlson deigned to laugh a hearty laugh <laughs> and as usual, Kevin Kurz was making a, a mountain out of absolutely nothing. It wasn't even a molehill. It was oh, an boy. And it was like, oh, this is why the Sharks are bad. It's because their players aren't taking this seriously. And it's like, bro, let them have fun. It's a game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's what it is. I don't think Eric Carlson is the problem <laughs> in any way, shape, or form in San Jose. But that's well, just my yeah. observation. <laughs> As somebody who used to watch Eric Carlson a lot, I'm sure you understand that, you know, the talent he's kinda, is still He's kind of good. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. The talent is still there. I can tell you that much. And mm -hmm. it's really annoying. <laughs> I bet it is for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So who's your Trevor Lewis? Who's your unsung hero? Oh, let's see. No one ever fires that one back on me. So now I'm going to have to think a little bit. If I had to say right now somebody that Kings fans might not know about, um, 
that's been playing pretty well for us. I would have to say um, Nicholas Obey-Cubell, who was just called up from the Phantoms a few games ago. Um, he's somebody that, you know, people like us, kind of the people who write about the team, not the people that work for the team, have been like kind of clamoring for a long time to get a look in the NHL because he's played so well in the AHL. He's always been a great scorer. His underlying numbers are always great. Um, but for some reason, the Flyers never gave the kid a look. He never really got any extended time with the team. Um, but I'm not sure if it was the change in the front office or or what, but this season they finally brought him up um, when we had a few injury spots to fill in, and he seems to be sticking. Um He's a lot of fun to watch. He's all over the ice. Uh, he's played seven games so far. He's got three points, one goal, two assists, so not a ton. But he's one of those guys that when he's on the ice, you're probably going to notice him and say to yourself, wait, who's that guy? Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for number 62, Nicholas Obey-Cubell. I think you might see something out of him. Okay, Nicholas Obey-Cubell. The name yes. sounds familiar, but... Yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. It's it's somebody that, like, if you follow anybody on Flyers Twitter, people have been screaming for him to get a call-up for years now, and he's finally getting it. So, hopefully, he, I, he seems to be making something of it, so... This might seem kind of an odd question, but it's one that I've been intrigued from a lot of fan perspectives. But what is the Flyers identity in general like do they want to be i mean because the abs are the fast team yeah they will absolutely bury you with their speed uh the 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 blues are still the blue collar team the one that outworks and out hustles everyone and somehow losing vladimir tarasenko has only made them stronger because <laughs> so annoying <laughs> um so what is the what is what are the Flyers like? What should we look out for tomorrow? So the thing about the Flyers generally this season is that they are definitely a team that I think is kind of growing into an identity. Um, obviously, whole new coaching staff, new front office, a lot of new faces on the team, um, trades that were made in the offseason, free agents that were signed kids that have been called up from the Phantoms. There's been a lot of moving parts moving around this season, and it's all been working, for the most part, pretty well. Um, so this is a team that is going to... The way that they seem to be winning games this season is really wearing down their opponents. Um, particularly in the first period, we talked a lot at Broad Street Hockey about how the Flyers were getting off to these slow starts. They were having these terrible first periods where they weren't seeming to get anything going. And and then we kind of like took a step back and it seemed like what they were doing was just really wearing out the opposition in the first period. Um, just a lot of cycling, a lot of dumping and chasing and all that kind of stuff just to kind of wear down the opponents. And then in the second period, they really come on and start scoring goals. I'm not sure if that's officially what they were trying to do because it's kind of a bold strategy, but it seemed to be working for them for the most part. Um, they're kind of terrible on the road, so it'll be interesting to see how they play in L.A. They were absolutely horrific in San Jose. Did a bit better in Anaheim. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which, which version of the California Flyers you guys get. Um, 
but this is a team I think without a fully formed identity. There's a lot of elite talent, you know, of like the silky mitt variety. There's a lot of guys that are going to wear you down. Um, you know, that you have Sean Couturier, who is, in my opinion, the best two-way forward in the game right now. Um, yeah, it's it's just a, a team that's sort of finding itself. And if I had to identify one thing that they're going to do, it's going to be to try to wear the other team down to start the game. Yeah, that makes sense. Try to establish your identity or your floor checker. I don't know. Insert cliche here. And then just... Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the second period is, is kind of hard because it does have the long change. And mm-hmm. that that is that extra few feet does kind of wear you down over time. Where you have to go the yep. extra 10 feet. Well, I mean, that's what it looks like anyway. Not that I have a ton of experience playing hockey. Especially <laughs> no hockey. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it really does. That long change really does seem to have a wearing down effect. So it's kind of interesting that the Flyers would come alive in the second period. It's pretty weird. I don't quite have a a complete explanation for it. Um, Slow starts have been a thing with this team for several years, (laughs) but something about the slow starts this season um, haven't been killing them the way than they have in seasons past. They seem to be able to kind of build off of it and, really they've done a lot of of really good stuff in second periods this season which as you're saying is is kind of a weird period for a team to come on but um for whatever reason it seems to work for them well as long as it's working for them yeah i mean like sort of (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it really works sometimes you lose six nothing to san jose who can say why Really? Well, I think it was 6-1. Based oh, on 6-1. One. You're right. It was 6-1. Hey, it wasn't a shutout, okay? So... That's true. I should really give them credit for that one. At, at this point in the season, if the Kings aren't getting shut out, I'm kind of thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, it's, it's very irritating to say, but somehow Vancouver has their number this year, despite the fact that Vancouver plays like absolute crap. And the Kings like... They, they have all these high danger chances. You know, everything is just like on the cusp. They just can't mm-hmm. get that biscuit in the stupid basket. And somehow the Canucks seem to walk away with the two points. And it's just the most infuriating thing. Oh, I hate so. those. I hate when that kind of <laughs> stuff happens. It's just when it just makes no sense. Right. But it's so ongoing. <laughs> if, if they score more than two goals, I'm like, they have a chance. anything that you can find hope in you gotta latch on to it i well we've kind of come to terms as a fan base that they're more they're most likely not going to win the alexi lafreniere uh lottery their their luck is just not that good you never know (laughs) in their 50 plus year history they have never had the first overall pick I mean, if I have to, if I were choosing between L.A. or Detroit ending up with that kid, I think I would <laughs> rather L.A. Just for, yeah. for, I mean, at least that's a fun town for him to play in. 
I'm not sure there's anything funny about Detroit. I'm I'm sure that Hockey Town would love him. Oh, boy. Maybe. (laughs) What a mess there is there. (laughs) You might be slightly biased as somebody in the... (laughs) Fair. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just... I think at this point, the the fans in L.A. have come to terms, especially after last year, where the, the Kings tried so hard to tank mm. and then ended up with the fifth overall pick. They were, I think, second worst in the league, and they still didn't end up like they. it was the lowest they could possibly get under these new lottery rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, OK, so at this point, we're like, get as many points as you can. Take your chances in the lottery. At least you're having fun. Yeah, right. That seems to be like, I, in my opinion, the way to go. If you're in this kind of situation, the way that LA is, have fun, tank as hard as you can while still <laughs> having fun, and you know, leave your fate to the lottery ball gods. See what happens. <laughs> well, my favorite conspiracy theory is that the NHL decides the the top five lottery odds, but that- nobody ever believes me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might be onto something. Who knows? Well, it's it's a conspiracy theory. I mean, because the odds of New Jersey winning the lottery twice in like three years, I'm like, come on. That's really? just. And then Edmonton. Oh, yeah. I don't believe you. I know. But I have a friend who is. She's like very good at, you know, math and science and everything. She goes, but that's why they're odds, because you never know. So it could happen. Like, Listen, <laughs> we don't need the math people stepping in to give us logical explanations for these things. There's no logic to be had, exactly. especially when the devils win twice in three years. That's just obscene. But we can all take a lot of joy in the fact that they're still actively terrible, despite all of their good luck. That makes me happy personally. <laughs> You probably don't care as much, but for me, it brings me a lot of joy that they're terrible. Well, to be fair, I get joy out of Edmonton being terrible, so. Yeah, as you should. They they won the lottery, like, I think six times, and somehow they're still terrible, and they have one of their writers up there who is currently blaming uh, Connor McDavid for the Oilers' faults. I was like, yes. The Edmonton oh. media is delightful. It's just fun to read the stuff that they come up with. Of course, it's Connor McDavid's fault they're bad. Who else's fault could it possibly be? He's the best player in the world. He ought to just be winning games by himself, despite anything else going on on the ice. If he doesn't do that, he sucks. Drive (laughs) him out of the town. (laughs) He's only leading the entire NHL with 63 points. But yeah, I mean, like, it's his fault. Yeah, totally. If only he had like 83 points, perhaps they would be better. Who knows? The, yeah. the, somehow the Oilers are going to find a way to squeak into the playoffs and then Edmonton media won't have anything to write about. So they'll write about urinals again. Oh, God, yes. That <laughs> is the future that? we all. Yes, <laughs> that is the future we all deserve, really. Oh, God. At least we can okay. laugh at Edmonton. Always. And now New Jersey. So thank you for Edmonton and New Jersey for easing our pain and suffering. Someone's got to do it. So at least it's them them and not us anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, 
Well, I don't have any more questions. Do you have any more questions for me? Yeah. So the last thing that I always do on our silly little pregames is I ask people to give me a final score prediction just for funsies. So what would be your final score prediction for this game? Okay. Well, it's December. So that means the Kings aren't scoring. Um, I'm going to go 4-2 Flyers. Oh, 4-2 Flyers. I like it. (laughs) <laughs> of just, course you do. <laughs> I just don't I just don't know if it's gonna happen. The Flyers are just I don't know what it is about games in California. They're almost always garbage. This December road trip is always garbage. They played well last game. So maybe they build off of that. I'm gonna go a little bit more conservative and say three one flyers. That's what I'm gonna okay. go with. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I'm never right, so we'll see. Okay, my, my predictions are always wrong anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's I feel like that's like 86% of the fun of making predictions is that they're wrong and then people can roast you on Twitter. <laughs> True. <laughs> Although, no, well, my listeners don't really care that much. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. <laughs> Start roasting your Jewels from the Crown writers. It's what we live for. Exactly. <laughs> we have so little, please. Give us the engagement. Uh, well, the last thing that I usually do is, okay. um, do you want to shout out your social media handles? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm Kelly Hankel from Broad Street Hockey and Broad Street Hockey Radio. You can find me on Twitter.com, at Hinks, H-I-N-X. Say hello. Hang out with us. All right. Give her a follow for all things Flyers, guys. Uh, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was super fun. Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed this a lot. Have a good one. Thank you. All right.